Hello, listeners. You're listening to Punk Theology. This is episode number 10. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. Today's show, Dreams of Beauty and Truth. This show needs no introduction. Try and explain it. Do the disservice. Just gonna have to let it unfold. Listen, you motherfuckers. What the? The parental advisory label is a warning label first introduced by the Recording Industry Association of America in 1985. It is placed on audio recordings in recognition of excessive profanities or inappropriate references, with the intention of alerting parents of potentially unsuitable material for younger children. If this podcast were an album sanctioned by the Recording Industry, it would carry such a warning. And now, we join the punks already in progress. Yeah. 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 Um, puppy out there oh. trying to get around. Oh, yeah, you got the puppy, that's right. You got to get him off the carpet. Yeah. Onto the it's grass. Onto the right. grass, yeah. Teach him to do his business. Yeah, I don't envy that. Puppy. Um, dreams. We were talking about dreams, and everybody has dreams. Most of the dreams we don't remember. But when we do, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, a really good one. Well, Probably my very favorite dream. I still remember it. Yeah. I think it was like 12 or 13 when I had it. And I still remember like really vivid cuts from it. I was on a golf course, and the whole golf course was made out of like trampoline material. So it balanced oh, like nice. a trampoline, and we were riding go-karts on it. <laughs> and it was fucking awesome. It was yeah. so fun. Riding yeah. go-karts, bouncing all over the place. Uh, and that, you know, it's probably the earliest dream I can really remember. You ever had dreams where you just pissed off when someone wakes you up? Like yeah. that dream was so fun, like fuck you. Well, I don't know how it ends. That's the other <laughs> like, thing. Like, ah, oh, damn it! Go back to sleep and try and resume it, yeah. and it's that a was, different channel. That was going somewhere. That was going somewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why did I wake up? Fuck. So, you had a you had a heavy one. Yeah. So a couple, it's probably a couple of weeks ago. It was really out of nowhere. I don't really know what triggered it, but it's just one of those ones where like, oh wow. That's some shit that's going on in the back of your head still. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was confronting basically all the pastors I've ever had. Oh. <laughs> and, it, and and in some places it was like an amalgamation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In some places it was just one of them. And in some, like explain amalgamation. Like, like it was like, like the, all of them together. Like okay. they were they were all kind of mushed, like six heads. Mushed, or yeah. Like well, six like faces. Like or their face was like changing oh, type weird. where you nice. could like. And, uh, and, then, and then in some situations, it was like they were all in a room, but I was talking to one representative, but they were all kind of all there. Right. And just confronting them on the, like, just felt, and it, it was really satisfying in that I really felt like I was able to explain myself well. 
which is weird in a dream. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, I felt like I was able to be clear. I was able to be calm. And basically the message was like, like this, the promises you made on how this would work are not working. And all of you are perfect monuments to that fact. Mm. I can point to very specific things in your life where like like this shit ain't working mm. like you are not one you're not better than all the other people that you put down for being horrible people you're mm. just not mm. like you're just you're kind of hiding it um, or it's twisted in a weird way so the kind of judging from, past yeah from yeah. one from one perspective that you spend a lot of time nurturing it looks great but if you just get a kind of a side glance on it it's like oh that's not so hot that's pretty ugly mm-hmm. um and and it was funny waking up one because it felt really therapeutic like i get it you know like and two because uh i'm not over that shit yet uh-huh. like it, it was just kind of a stark reminder because i hadn't really been thinking about it it wasn't really something i was dwelling on but just like that's really still important to you and the yeah. the level of disappointment is still just so saturated into everything of like I really still want that to be true I really want it to work yeah. like you guys said it was going to work yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't work for me it doesn't work for you it doesn't like it's just not it doesn't work long term for people that really need healing really too a, a lot of people right I mean, yeah. some some forms of theology are better than others, but yeah, I can and it really gives you it gets you like a quarter, maybe forty percent of the way there in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely point to things where it's like, yeah, you're probably a better person because you're part of this church and this organization, just because it gave you some boundaries, yeah, yeah. and uh, and some sense of meaning and clarity, and but it doesn't even come close to getting hundred percent of the way there. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, and that's. And part of that is, like, I want so badly to be wrong about that. Mm. That's not fun. Yeah. It's not great to come to that conclusion. That sucks. Mm-hmm. I really, like, I think I, I mentioned this to Arthur. Like, the gospel really is good news. It just really sucks that it's also fake news. Mm. Like, that's kind of where I landed. Mm. Of, like... That's awesome. That picture is great. I don't think I don't know how it works. <laughs> like I just like at least not like maybe it's just that all these pastors have oversold it. Yeah, maybe right. that's a huge part of it. Yeah, of yeah. like this doesn't even look close. Yeah. To what you say it's supposed to look like. That's where I've gotten. I'm approaching that. My whole history in the church has been sold something that was unattainable. Broken, dysfunctional is the normal. And we've been sold that if you just do this hard enough, that it won't be. If you just live this way, it won't be. It'll be better. But it won't be better here. I don't. That's where, and when I'm coming to that realization, it's easing me up a little bit because that disappointment is starting to fade because I bought into it and I sold it for a a number of years. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I I was pushing the whole purity movement back when I was a youth pastor, and I have apologized as many as uh, those kids as I can find. A lot of those kids are 15 plus years old now, but 
that that's false cool narrative. Relationship with them, though, yeah, that's a really positive part of that. It is. Um, but that false narrative of believing that if you do this, then this will happen. Yeah. But you can do that, and that's not always going to happen. Right. Yeah. It might happen. It might, but it, it might, might not. be a consequence of what you did, and it might be yes. pure luck. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there's just not. Right. Yeah. Or shit'll go totally off the rails. And, and you not. think of the gospel, like the the gospels in the Bible, like it, you know, there's all these pastors that talk about you know the promises and stuff like that. And then you look at Jesus, and he just died young and horrible. <laughs> you know, just like all the shit that we're supposed to pray for or whatever, you know. I think that's the beauty of, I was like John was talking about orthodoxy, is, is like, no, God's not always going to save you. But I think that's some of what we're sold. I was sold that, the whole prosperity gospel, I remember getting mixed up with that. Yeah. And, well, you want to believe that stuff. Yeah. You know, if I give you five bucks, I'll get ten bucks back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think just the, the kingdom. I don't know. There's a. There's, there is a kernel in Jesus in the gospel that still has power no matter what. And honestly, I think it kind of comes down to um, the whole idea of, of freedom to be fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. That freedom just doesn't exist institutionally. Just doesn't mm. anywhere. Like even the places that really, really pride themselves and really sell a strong message of we'll accept you no matter who you are, you get into it and you start to dig through it and like that's not what you guys are doing. Yeah, and it's and it's it's disappointingly human. You you don't come out of it going, Wow, this is different. You go into it saying, wow, this looks different, and then you come out of it going like, no, this is the exact same shit that every other person does, and it's not better. And that's just so wretchedly disappointing. <laughs> like, it's just like, I think that for me, the gospel, you know, Paul Young and I were talking about that, and I played some clips by Mark Driscoll talking about how he felt... Like Tim Gatos asked him, what, "What's the, you know, what's your biggest fear as Marshall grows?" And he said, "He said me. He mm-hmm. said my own fucked upness, and I'm going to wreck this whole thing, which he did." Um, <laughs> but I thought that was really honest. Then I played a little clip of him, like right before the thing crashed, and he's just lying about just about everything. Yeah. Oh, these anonymous people that, you know, are so they're they're hurting and. And you know, saying I ripped him off or what? I, Big old did, crocodile tears. <laughs> oh yeah, he's crying and oh man. But that's that was sort of his gospel. I think that people do. You, you know, you talk about good news. So there's the cookie. What what's the good news? The good news is, well, Jesus died for all the sinners, and I'm just a fucked up sinner, so I'm not really responsible for this organization I started. And for you know, that's what I love about the you know. Making amends, like there's something to that attitude in recovery. That hey, I hurt you, and it's not just being sorry and having crocodile tears. It's like, it's like no, I really want to. Like, how could we? Is there is there any shred of a way to reconcile this relationship? And most of the time there isn't, and that's okay. But for the offender to come out and say, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I really value you as a person. 
Let's make this better. Like that, there's a gospel. There's a good news to that. But it takes dying, right? Like we don't want to die. Like my ego's got to yeah. fucking die, right? No. Like I want to sit up here in judgment of that person and and move to Arizona and start my own thing, you know? And I, I think, again, another part of the disappointment is when you really start to strip it back to, okay, what might be true about Christianity, it's the same stuff that everybody else hopes might be true. Mm, like, like what? No, like that humans have innate value no matter what they, uh, what they're able to give you. Mm. Um, like everybody wants to believe that who doesn't yeah. want to believe that Yeah. Um, the people that don't want to believe that are usually the people that don't want to that don't believe that the strongest used to believe it the strongest right. and then they had a really hard reaction and got super cynical because their disappointment pushed them to a place where like every, you know, fuck everybody I'm in it for myself yeah um, and that's not yeah that's a that's a beautiful idea it's I don't know that it's unique to Christianity. There's a hint of aloneness in that, right? Or loneliness. In the... In the, the finding out. So go back to innate value. Like if people... I think, I think humans have innate value. Even... I mean, it's hard, but... I think if you followed around a... A murder on death row who's horrible fucking crimes like this somewhere something got twisted and fucked up in that person I think I don't know if humans have innate value I think it's incredibly important to believe that humans have innate value yeah yeah. like I think the world's a much better place the yeah. more people believe that humans have innate value I spent millions on some moron who rode his fucking hang glider in a storm and landed against a cliffside, right? Like, we'll risk, we'll risk fucking first responders and stuff, you know? Yeah. Is that what you mean? No, like... <laughs> some, some people, like, you get what you deserve! There's, like, some of that, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's closer to your first example of the guy on death row. Okay. Of, like... Like, he murdered 16 little girls really badly. Yeah, and, like, you know, what does he bring <clears throat> to the rest of us? No. Um... And they're, you know, if you, so, and if the answer is nothing, then who else doesn't bring anything to the rest of us? And then, you know, it's that thing where you start to strip things back, and then you land on a "I'm the only person that matters" mm. type of. I don't know. There's there's a innate nihilism and all that stuff. Right. That and that's kind of the. I think a lot of what I'm struggling with is that like, okay, what looks true? True. It's like fuck. The edge of that nihilism looks really true. Right. Uh, and that sucks. What about Jeffrey Dahmer? Somebody, was it Jeffrey Dahmer? He's the guy that ate people, right? Yeah. No, it's just some other guy. I can't remember his name. But he murdered a bunch of little boys and dismembered them and stuff. And then he he found Jesus through some prison ministry in prison and, you know, got saved and all this stuff. And, they, and his lawyer was like, well, you're going to try and, you know, avoid the death penalty. He goes, nope. He goes, I still have that fucking gross thing in me. Yeah. He goes, I want to kill it. I'd rather die than, than live. And not just with the guilt, but just knowing that thing was inside him. Like, so there's something to that. Is that nihilistic? No, I think... So I saw <laughs> this thing the other day, this webcomic, and it was actually really 
the longer I thought about it, the deeper it got. Um, and it was, it had a picture of, you know, what I thought nihilism in was in college. And it was some, you know, guy all dressed in black, like, fuck you, nothing matters, like, this is all a bunch of shit anyways. And, uh, and he says, this is what nihilism actually looks like. And it's some super rich guy saying, I think I'm going to use my money to buy more money. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I'm like, the more I sit and think about that, the more that hits me at a deep level. Yeah. Of like, you get to a point where it's like, I don't like, I don't know what to do. Like, I kind of want to watch something grow. Yeah. I guess I'll just watch my own power and wealth grow. Yeah. Like that seems as good to, to work towards. That scene in Wall else. Street at the end, right, where he's like, what, what, "What's enough?" Yeah, more, a L- little bit That's more, enough. a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. That was the Hirsch quote. Yeah. Like, yeah, when are you gonna have enough? Or when is enough? Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. Just a little bit more. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there's not. There's not anything to give to, or just right. your heart gets so cold. People that sit on mounds of money. I mean, there's been studies done that say that the most wealthy people aren't the most generous. It's usually middle class people that are give more. And it's like nihilist. Like nobody wants to be a nihilist, but there's a gravity to it where it just kind of sucks you towards it at sometimes, mm. and sometimes, and it. And it takes work, and you have to build and work to create an ideal that doesn't suck you up against nihilism. And when you start looking around and realizing, like, everybody's doing that and all of their structures, shit. Mm. Like, like just kind of having a... And, and, yeah, again, it just comes back to disappointment. There's just so much disappointment in the... And kind of a scrambling, almost a panicked feeling... Like moment and, and and a desire to trick myself, right? Like maybe I can fool myself into into getting back into it. Like faith or yeah. Like maybe okay. you know if I, you know, turn around real quick and close my eyes and jump up and down and don't think about it anymore, I can <laughs> I can just go back and like right like I want to be back in the matrix, yeah. right? So again, it's like like I want to be cipher. Where yeah, I just yeah. where I, I didn't have any perspective on that, and I couldn't see all the holes in the system, and uh, and I could just trust these people, you know, which is so easy in your twenties, right? Right. Like trusting some guy in his thirties or forties, because oh that guy's got it figured out, like 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 I don't got shit figured out, but that guy definitely is old enough. Yeah. <laughs> that he knows what's well, going that's the on. The draw of the pastors too, right? right. That's and in like reality, that dream you had, right? It's like all those guys, right? And in reality, most of those people in their 30s or 40s are probably going through some version of what I'm going through now, yeah. where they're realizing, oh shit, like what am I going to do about the fact that I'm starting to see the holes in this thing? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them, like a lot of their damage and a lot of the fucked up things that come out of them, is them trying to fool themselves into believing it again. Like, that's what you watch happen. Right. Like, what if the holes in it are what it's really always was? We just covered over the holes or pretended the holes weren't there. But, like, why do it then? Or why is it different than any of the other systems? Well, is so it, I, I've always or considered... Maybe it's, you know, is it just a thing to do? Just a thing to do what has to keep you To or, keep you from... 
running up against that rough edge of nihilism. I've always considered myself an optimistic realist, you know? And so there's a bit of, I, I don't know, I, I don't tend to like the word nihilism, just because it seems to be pushed to such a, so much of an extreme. Yeah. Um, but I think negativity, fear, some of that we need, you know? Seth Taylor and I were talking about this not too long ago. We were talking about fear, and he was talking about some of the fears that he's gone through and how he's not afraid and I was like, well, I'm still afraid, and I'm also, you know, like, fear is not bad, right? Like, fear's kept me alive to this point, <laughs> you know? It's kept me in a house, and uh, I'm, I, things have caught, could have gone a lot worse for me. Um, I mean, I know people that aren't alive anymore, just based on some of the shit they went through. When I met you... I figured, you know, God, but I know it's Mars Hill, and I knew you a little bit when we started that whole Bible study thing. But I wasn't like, I was like, every other word was a swear word. I wasn't like the usual guy. Or I don't know, was I? <laughs> I no. came to that group, I was... That's why I liked having them in here. Yeah, because I didn't give a fuck. And mm-hmm. I, it wasn't that I didn't give a fuck. I just didn't, I wasn't going to play church, and I wasn't going to show up like, I needed friends. Like, I needed my church friends. Like, I was there. It was almost like a recovery group for me. And it was sort of an experiment in, are people actually real? Like, are they? If we're doing this Bible thing, and I think God and faith and all that stuff, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because in, in, in my own personal philosophy, everyone has a certain element of faith. That's why we get up in the morning and do anything. Like, you have to... Don't you, Derek? Like, don't you have to, like, think... Well, you know, I gotta pay the bills, or I gotta like. There's some kind of thing out there that's keeping us from just downloading into the big empty. You know. Yeah, and I miss, and it's. Bec- I mean, a lot of the Christian criticism of atheism and nihilism is very true. Mm. Of like, you just kind of gotta look short term. And puts a lot of pressure on this life, and uh, and uh, you know, a sense of meaning is important. All those things are really true. Mm-hmm. But when when the structure you came out of feels so full of holes mm-hmm. that it's you know, it's basically it has no structural integrity at all anymore. It's gauze, right? right. Like it's just mostly holes. Right. Uh, and even yeah, going back I, I in and trying to press into it and figure out what's real, yeah. like everything you press into just gives. Yeah. And that's like the like the whole thing's just full of dry rot, right? And you're like, okay. And you keep stripping back and stripping back and stripping back and hoping that you're going to find something solid to build off of. And at some point you're like, fuck this. There's nothing. There's nothing to build off of. Right. It's dry rot all the way through. So what do you do with that? Yeah. That's, uh, I guess it depends on the structure for me. And I'm stuck with the memory of when the structure felt intact. Yeah. Uh, which is good and bad. I've thought about, so I, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw an ad for Celebrate Recovery from this new church that I've driven by a few times out in Mill Creek. 
He looked super like poshy, you know. It's like one of those freaking not really a mega church, pretty big church, but all the signage is like brand new, and they're like putting their brand out there, right? They're trying to. But part of me was like, you know, that would be interesting to get into that again to sit with those people, the addicts. You know, I like I like addicts. There's something really good about being around people who are at the end of their fucking rope, you know. If they are, you know, I don't know. You get into some of those groups and some guy, I've been in groups at Mars Hill where some guys are struggling with, oh, I lied to my wife and I went to the casino three times last week, you know. And then another guy's like, I'm almost off of methadone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, what what keeps people, I don't know, is that desperation? Like, what keeps people alive? What keeps people ticking and moving forward and, that's really interesting to me. I don't give a shit about the past, or I don't give a shit about the. What the? That's and that's hard too. And we've and all I, been through the spiritual abuse thing. We've seen the guy working the freaking ropes at the Wizard of Oz, you know. And, and I think it's just been a while <clears throat> since I've talked to someone who had a compelling answer to that. Compelling answer to what? To why? Yeah, no. To, to why. why? Like okay, like. Show me your. Well, faith Show me your structure. Okay. Like, like, you, you know, uh, you've clearly spent. You know, you, this is what gets you up in the morning, and it's got some structure behind it, and you feel like it gives you a lot of stability. Um, so tell me what that is, and I and every time I day start digging into that, it's like, ah, oh, I don't. This is not. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's working for you, right? Like, but I I can't see anything with the holes, right? Like you just, but it's not universal. Maybe that's the thing. It's it's very personal. Yeah, like your faith and whatever life journey way, whatever it is, it, it's yours, you know. And which is an awesome answer, uh, but I'm just trying to figure out. I think trying. What I'm willing to. What would it look like for you to build? It? A faith structure. So, if you were going to start a, a group, I'm not even going to call it a church. Mm -hmm. You were going to start a group. What would that look like? That people would come to you and asking those questions. Why? I would say, why are you here? Because if you're here for me, turn around and leave. I think. I mean, honestly, this is probably the closest thing to. Mm-hmm. To real? <laughs> or to hope, I guess. Mm -hmm. If that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I think so. Because I think that's what we look for. Right? Yeah. Well, we, we want hope, and we want hope that happiness... So what we try to attain happiness by whatever it takes. And you can follow it, or try to pursue hope and happiness in the church, but that crashes. So then you're going to chase hope and happiness somewhere else be whatever, be it completely running and pushing that faith idea completely in reverse, and you're not even going to talk about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think... There's some good philosophy in that. I mean, anyway, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, finding a place with people who are you can be safe around yeah. is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, 
finding people that are willing to be self-sacrificing in order to maintain a relationship. I think those two things are huge. But in the end, what I'm really pursuing there is a feeling and not a structure. Because that's... Mm. I mean... Um, well, the feelings are always birthed out of something, right? Like, Yeah. There's something to stand on that creates the feeling. So, I mean, I suppose in this case, you know, the structure is just super small. Mm. And mm. Uh, we had 247 listeners. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked myself that question. You know, what would I be doing? You know, what would I what would I build? It would be like this, from the standpoint of you could come with your doubts mm-hmm. and your cynicism. And still be included, mm-hmm. still be a part of it. So, because I think if we're honest, we will, that would be the other thing is the honesty. I think that's one of the things that we've got here is some honesty, and we're, we we can express our doubts. And then you realize when you start talking about it that everybody's got them. Mm-hmm. Some of us do a better job of, of pretending we don't, especially if you're up on the pulpit. You know, you you can't be completely vulnerable up there. It's your job. Yeah. And people are hoping that you've got the like we just said, you've got an answer. And the realization is, fuck, I don't have the answer. And that's one of the things I've realized back from all my days, I don't have the answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it... My thought is it probably couldn't ever be bigger than six people. And we couldn't even get six people to work. Now we're never three. <laughs> right? So, like, it's, yeah. it's very small and intimate. Well, it would, which is... Which is fine and great. And I'm that's something I'm willing to invest more into. Right. Uh, but, but I like that's about my limit right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> see, the three of us, I think, accept and respect our our beliefs, yeah. and that would be the thing too. Is that if you if you if you form a community? Because I've heard, I've talked with pastors and I've talked with leaders, and they said, you know, you cannot, you don't go any more than ten. Ten is absolutely outside, mm-hmm. and you go bigger than that. It's all, it's just fluff. Well, to be able to respect one another's and let, be able to say, I don't have to be right by making you wrong. Right. That would be the group. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the struggles that people have if they want to come into any type of a community is I'm going to be labeled wrong and my beliefs, wherever they are, aren't going to be respected mm-hmm. because they're not like everybody else's. I was the odd duck who went, I'm going to be labeled wrong, and I kind of want you to. <laughs> Especially when I was like, me, when I met you and, and John and those guys, like, I kind of, I kind of wanted everyone to judge me and think that I was wrong or I was a, you know, a bad Christian or whatever. Right. So I could leave. <laughs> kind of like what you're talking about. I kind of wanted it to... Not have whole. I wanted it to have holes. I wanted these people to reject me because I was used to that from religious people, especially with my family and the tradition that I grew up in, was very judgy and very you know. And I and I didn't give a fuck then either. Like I had my hair down to you know halfway down my back. I'm wearing a scorpion's t-shirt. <laughs> my religious relatives are looking at me, and my grandma thinks I'm demonized, you know. And and uh, I didn't swear though. Like I would I would hold back. But I had to. I had to hold back 
to be in that group where I didn't, like I was going to value this because these people still want to be around me even though I'm rough around the edges or whatever. Or I'm me. That's just me, you know. There's something to that, and that's something that Christianity has lost is keeping your flaws in the light. I mean, it's in the Bible, right? Like um, putting our demons on display instead of locking them away somewhere, you know. Well, I think if I think the fear we have, I know the fear I have is if I if I'm completely vulnerable in a community, people are going to go away. They're not going to want to hang out. Mm. And I think we we fight that fear. Uh, I think everybody fights that fear to a degree. And I think even at uh, Port Gardner, uh, there's probably two guys there that know me. And Gertis is one of them. You know, that know me, know the dark side. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like, I mean, that's what I would love to have as a community where you could just be completely open. You know, somebody come in and say, I'm really struggling with this, whatever this is. You know, and that's, that's why a lot of those groups succeed, recovery groups succeed, because you can come in there and be honest. Mm -hmm. Because they, everybody in that group has got their own What's that whole fight club thing? Yeah. Where the guy's going to recovery groups and he doesn't have any of the things that they're supposed to be recovering from. But yeah. it, just being around people who actually give a shit about you. Yeah, feels so good. Yeah, he's exactly. willing to pretend he's got fucking cancer and shit <laughs> yeah. in order to yeah. just be with somebody who's actually listening to him and gives a fuck about what he has to say. Yeah, I'm trying to be more accepting of differing opinions. I mean, I've got a couple of guys that are just flaming left and flaming right, and they just no matter what it is, they're after each other. And why can't we just be with that person? Yeah, I disagree with them. Yeah. But I can still be with you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I don't talk about that kind of stuff. But yeah. that's what I—that's what I long for—is this that community of acceptance that you can be whatever you are. Your kids, you know, if your kids want to, you know, uh, do whatever, join whatever, I'm still going to accept my kids. Mm. Part of my—I mean—and there's a, an innate hypocrisy in this, is because there's not very many people I can do this with. No. Like, and there's just a certain, like, there's some people where it's like, I hate that I have to write you off, but I can't see any path to a place where I could trust you. No. I, and, yeah. and that's, like, you know, wanting to preach acceptance <laughs> yeah. and love, and, and you can be whoever you want. You're like, ooh, but not that. <laughs> like, and it has nothing to do with your opinion. It has to do with just an innate softness that you have. Like, can you do it or can't you do it? Yeah. So people just don't seem to have... I see the world in layers. I think that's part of it, too. Like, you got to see the world in layers, and some people don't do not do that. They have a real hard time It's a perspective that. thing. Yeah. They can't shift perspective. I think that was the epiphany I found watching Rick and Morty. Okay. So Rick and Morty, the brilliance around Rick and Morty is every episode is sort of like The Matrix, right? Mm -hmm. And freaking... Rick, who's the old guy? Rick or I can't remember. It's Morty. Morty's a young yeah. Morty, Morty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's always like it starts out and you think you know what's going on, and then all of a sudden like it's, there's alternate realities going on, you know. And and Morty and Rick have to go and peel back the layer of whatever the, everyone else thinks reality is, right? 
And every every episode is just about like that. I think that's the brilliance of it is because culturally we it's a consciousness story, and we're kind of we're kind of starved for different layers to things because everybody seems so black and white and right and wrong and left and right. Even on Facebook, I don't use the words like I rarely ever say liberal or conservative. Um, I just say people. You know, like why do we have to? throw labels on each other in order to like I know what you are now that's just it's surface there seems to be a thing where a huge number of people feel safety in extremism Mm. like 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 well certainty right a certainty addiction yeah yeah and I'm the exact opposite of that like the more certain you are about something the less I trust you yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, just because of my experience in that. Right. Like most dangerous people I have encountered people that are absolutely certain yeah. about their worldview. Uh, and they're doing it because they think it makes them safe. Right. And my interactions with them are they're the least safe people yeah. I know. Those are the people you walk around. If they're um, an authority figure in yeah, your organization, you kind of tiptoe around yeah, You try and figure out what you can get away with behind their backs. <laughs> you don't... No, yeah, don't, you know. don't upset that. But if it's outside of an authority figure kind of our work environment, sometimes I get really curious about those people. Some of them are really isolated, I think. Um, I don't. Those you don't are, just... No, no, I mean, no, I, I don't. I'm not curious at all. Those oh, really? scare me. Yeah? Like, Interesting. I... There's a certain level of softness that I'm pretty good at recognizing pretty quickly. And if they don't have it, right. I'm not interested. Mm. Um, they just scare me if they don't have a certain level. And I'll interact with them on a really surfacey level, but they're not getting anywhere, deep, anywhere deeper than that. Right. So. Politics, it's an election year in our country, and, and we don't talk about politics that much, but as a, as a curious social figure for me, I was thinking about Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> like, here's a guy who... I mean, sure, he has people around him, but I think maybe it's isolation or whatever. He's spending hundreds of millions of dollars every day right. on ads. He's just wasting his money. The guy is just so extreme. Like he's against marijuana. He's against. Um, it, it just. Yeah, he's a nanny state guy. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I read some story about this woman who. She was an ex-prostitute, and, you know, he did everything he could to get her fired. You know, she, like, got cleaned up and freaking went to college and became a teacher. And uh, and he tried, you know, him personally, like, found out this story and wanted this woman out of the New York schools. It's like, what the fuck well, is wrong Well, let's be you? clear. If there's anything we've learned, it's that being a horrible person does not disqualify you from the presidency as long as you have billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That has been the lesson yeah. that we've all learned. Yeah. Um, but I see him as one of those. Like, I, I always wonder, like, I'm curious, you know, is he like a total fucking certainty addict? Like, you know, it might just be ego all the way down. Yeah. That's, one of those that's down. what I feel like. Because he was also instituted that stop and frisk oh, yeah. in New York City. Yeah, yeah. It was... 800 and some thousand and of that 90% were black American. Mm-hmm. And of that 90%, a 
well, I think it was some high percentage were just released. There was nothing wrong. Yeah. They were just stopped at frisk. And they right. instituted the NYPD to, to do that. So I think it is ego. I think I think any guy that wants to run for president. Yeah. You've got to have an ego. I mean, if you've got... Yeah. The only way it's like... If you've got that level of delusion... Yes. To think yes. that, one, you could do it, and two, you'd do a good job. Yes. Like, yeah. And honestly, even... Even politics, any any position, any yeah. office. I'm the guy to make decisions yes, for everybody I'm else. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. You're yeah. delusional. Yeah. yeah. He wrote about that. Trump wrote about that, that, that stroking your ego thing, you know. Like, just, I, I listened to about half of the Art of the Deal, you know, on audio. And that was when I was getting over my kind of Tony Robbins kick. But... To, to land the plane, though, going back, I want to go back to to what you were saying about the, the nihilism and seeing the holes. Because I'm curious about how, like, what if it really is, like, super personal, you know? I, I think the flip side of the coin of faith is, is trauma. Um, you can take ten men or women that were molested by the same Catholic priest... And all of them at the age of like 30, you know, say 20 years after the abuse, all of them will process that differently. Every single one of them will have a different story as to how, how they dealt with that event of life. And what if just the hardness and the fucking grind of life is sort of the same, you know? Like what if it's not, like you're not going to find it in a, in a group or find it out there as much as it's a daily kind of a personal, right? Oh, I'm going to pray for you now. No, <laughs> But you hear what I'm saying? Like, there's a faith thing in there. Like, I really believe at my core that Christianity is an anti-religion. You know, there's something to realizing that it's not all going to work out. It's gonna, not going to be ice cream and fucking unicorns. It's it's hard. It, sometimes people die really badly, and 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 we you know fade to black and roll credits. But there's still love and life and joy and friends and good music and I don't know. You catch my yeah. My I'm gospel. Not, I'm not <laughs> a gospel according to right punk theology. Like I, I don't think. I would. I wouldn't even qualify myself as an atheist or even ag- agnostic, because I hate those terms. No. Um, I think I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's not like what are you? What's your religion? Disappointment it seems to be a continuous state of uh, uh, of where I'm at, um, and and I'm you know. St. Charlie Brown. I have longevity in my family, so if there's there's a chance I could have another 50 years to keep working on this. So (laughs) I've come a long way in the last two years, too, from where I was. So I don't have, like, like that's my answer right now. It's just... Disappointment. Keep keep chipping away at it. Uh uh, But right now I'm disappointed. I feel (laughs) you, dude. I feel you, too. I asked... Paul Young about that too. I like, I just I feel like I just graduated from ever going to church again. <laughs> but that's what he said. Like he came down and kind of said, "Listen, it's it's people. Like it's not some institution. Like you people need to get that out of their head. It's not this 
organization or this system or this thing. Yep, and humans seem to be infinitely disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Every time you think you've got yeah. a floor, yeah. some fucker gets elected president. Anyways, we're not talking about politics. No, we don't. That's right. we're, not gonna, we're not gonna. That's a huge bitch. Hey, help a punk rock robot out. Scratch my itch by hitting that subscribe button. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio or wherever you hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.